thank you for that beautiful uh, worship song. And uh, how about this beautiful day, huh? Is it not gorgeous outside? Any of you plan to go hiking this afternoon? Pear, are you the only one? How? All right, a few more. Oh, the family. <laughs> All right, there we go, John. All right. We need to take advantage of the awesome weather. Beautiful day that God's given us to enjoy his creation and and to enjoy the outdoors. You know, we're very fortunate to have the AT so close by. Um, I only live just a couple miles from, from the Appalachian Trail, and it's a lot of fun uh, to go hiking and just spend some time outdoors. Um, has anyone here had the opportunity to watch that uh, that series entitled Planet Earth? Anyone? Show of hands. Is that not amazing? Cinnamon um, got that for me uh, as a Christmas present this last year. And it is amazing. I think it was put out by the National... No, not National Geographic. Was it Discovery Channel? I think it was Discovery Channel. And it is amazing. If you have an opportunity, you have to either buy it or rent it. Because the stuff that you see on planet Earth in that series will just blow your mind. It is amazing footage um, of things from all around the world. Um, from rainforests to dense forests or deserts to oceans. It is just unbelievable. Last night, um, I was watching um, the deep sea um, segment of, uh, of the series. And, you know, they go deep down, miles, miles down into the sea. And they, you know, they showcase, you know, some of these wonders that are down there. And, uh, and one of the things that they um, had a little uh, special on was these turtles, these sea turtles. How they, you know, swim pretty, you know, pretty deep. And, and they travel this vast ocean of ours. And uh, these sea turtles go to this particular island, to this particular beach, and they lay their eggs at that beach. And then after a, a few weeks of incubation, they're in the sand, they, they hatch, and you see these, these little sea turtles. I mean, they can't be much larger than the palm of my hand here. These little sea turtles furiously making their way to the ocean. And, and they know they have to make it to the ocean. And you see them struggling with the waves to get into the ocean. And uh, just amazing footage of these, you know, little sea turtles trying to make it to the ocean. And the narrator, um, as this is going on, he says, unfortunately for a lot of these turtles, uh, they will not make it. They won't survive. They'll either get eaten up by, um, you know, birds, seagulls, or they'll get eaten up by other uh, predators in the sea. Um, they, but the, he went on to say, but if they make it, 20 years from now, 20 years from now, after traveling thousands and thousands of miles in the vast sea, these turtles will make it back to the same island, to the same beach, to lay their eggs. And then, you know, as most things today, it has the evolution undertone. And so the narrator says, to this day, scientists have no idea how these turtles make it back to this beach. And I'm sitting there alone in my family room. Heather's on, on the uh, Women of Faith conference. I'm sitting there alone. And I'm like, I know. 
I know God created them. God gave them a purpose. Just like he's given everything else a purpose. Just like he has given you a purpose. Just like he has given me a purpose. You know, this whole thing about purpose um, can really uh, take a person to the edge of insanity. I sit in, in my office many times counseling people and, and the underlining issue is I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what my purpose is. And certainly you, perhaps you were one of them. You started out college knowing that you were going to be a nurse or that you were going to be a doctor. And halfway through your studies, you decide, wait a second, that's not for me. I'm going to switch my major. I'm going to do something else. Do something different. Purpose. It is a question that everyone in this room at one time or another in your life, you've asked about your life. What is my purpose? Why am I here? And some of us struggle with that more than just once in life. It comes, it's a reoccurring theme year after year, month after month. We're always trying to figure out what is my purpose? Why am I here? Today, we're going to embark on a sermon series that I hope will help define for each of us what our purpose is. Now, next week, I'm going to be out of town. I head out tomorrow, actually, and I'm going to be in Oregon, guest speaker for the... uh, the young adult camp meeting in Oregon. So I won't be here next week. We have a guest speaker. You don't want to miss next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the following week, we're going to continue with this sermon series on purpose, finding our purpose. And in order to find our purpose, before we dive into the details of how it looks in everyone's life individually, I feel like we need to take a step back And we need to look at the big picture. We need to take a few steps back and we need to say, okay, what is my overall purpose? Why am I here? And to do that, I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Matthew chapter 5. And starting with verse 1, we're not going to read it, but just to give you the context of where we're at, where we are. Here you have Jesus on the side of a mountain, the Sermon on the Mount. And he starts off by giving them what we know as the Beatitudes, right? In verse 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Verse uh, verse 3, I'm sorry, verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. And he goes through the Beatitudes as an introduction to what he's about to say to them. And then in verse 13, read along with me, it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He gives you a purpose. He says, you are the salt of the earth. And then in verse 14, he says, you are the light 
of the world. He gives us purpose. He gives you purpose. I think it's interesting that even though he's addressing the multitudes, even though he's addressing those who would eventually become the church here on earth, he doesn't say the church is the salt of the earth. He doesn't even say the church is the light of the world. No, Jesus was wise enough to know that he had to personalize it. He had to make sure that you understood that it's not the church that's the salt. It's not the church that's the light. No, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I hear it so often. I hear it all the time. The church isn't doing this. The church isn't doing that. The church isn't doing enough to reach out. I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't say the church is the salt. He doesn't say the church is the light. No, he says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And he gives us purpose. He gives each of us individually, he gives us purpose. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. He gives you and me purpose. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In the words of Toby Mac, he says that I was made to love you. I was made to find you. I was made just for you, made to adore you. I was made to love and be loved by you. You were here before me. You were waiting on me and you said you'd keep me. Never would you leave me. I was made to love and to be loved by you. The purpose that God has given every one of us is to let our light shine to the world around us. The purpose that God has given all of us is that we give glory and honor to him. That we shine, that we allow him to shine through us to the world. You know, it's interesting that in the book of John... Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He says that in the book of John. He says, I am the light of the world. But yet here in Matthew, he says, you're the light of the world. So which one is it? Does it contradict? No, they're the same. You see, because Jesus is the true light of the world. But that true light of the world is not manifested to the world if it's not through you. Because Jesus, the true light of the world, shines through you to the world. Now we can try and define what the world is. Well, I guess the world is just about everyone and everywhere and everything. Wherever we're at, we are to let our light shine before all men. Whether we're at at the bank, whether we're at the grocery store line, whether we're at work, whether we're at church, wherever we're at. 
in whatever relationship we may find ourselves in, in whatever home we may find ourselves in, we are to let our light shine to the world around us. So many of us are just comfortable with allowing our light to shine when we're in church. We put on our best. We say the right things. We have a big old smile when we come to church and we act appropriately and nicely and, and, and we let our light shine when we're at church. But come Monday morning when we're at work, man, we're letting it all out. We're mad. We're upset. We're telling people how, uh, how unhappy we are and how this and that and the other. No. We have been called to let our light shine to the world, wherever we're at, whatever circumstances we may be in. We are to let God, we are to let Jesus Christ, the true light, shine through us because we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. You know, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Acts the book of Acts, because th- this is so interesting to me. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Verse 47. Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light. What's it say? To the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. So here he defines a little deeper as to where we should let our light shine. And yes, we should let our light shine here at church. Here in this community of faith. But more importantly, our light needs to shine out there. Our light needs to shine in our workplaces. Needs to need to shine in our schools. It needs to shine in, 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 our, in our entertainment and the things that we do to entertain ourselves with other people. Our light must shine to the, wor- to the world. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if your Bible gives you this clue or not, but these words are indented in my Bible. And whenever in my Bible something's indented, that means that it's quoting from the Old Testament. And this is actually a quote from the Old Testament. And you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. It's found in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6. It says this, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. In the Old Testament... You know, a lot of times we read the Old Testament and we think that it was all about Israel, everything that went on in Israel, and that everything that happened just happened in the context of Israel. But that couldn't be further from the truth. The only reason why God set up the people of Israel is so that they could be a light to the Gentiles, so that they can let the light of God shine through their nation and be an example to all the other nations around them. In verse 7 it says, well, the end of verse 6, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Even in the Old Testament, God has called us, God has called you to let your light shine we try and find our purpose in life 
in all the wrong places. We read books. We watch Oprah. We read magazines. What's my purpose? What's my purpose in life? God tells us. God plainly says to you, your purpose is to shine. Your purpose is to resemble me here on earth. Don't forget what it says in the book of Genesis, that we were created in the image of God. And we are to reflect the character of God. We are to let our light shine to the world around us, whether that's inside the church or outside the church. We are to let our light shine. Now, there's a few things that get in the way. There's a few things that get in the way from us allowing ourselves to let our light shine before men. For any of you that have been to my home, you know that Heather and I love books. In fact, our family room, there's a wall that's just the cover uh, from one end to the other, bookshelves filled with books. We love books. And one of my favorite books, one of my, uh, of all the books, probably top five, if if they were to say you have to get rid of all your books, uh, but you can take five, this would definitely be one of the five that I take away with me. And it's this little book right here. Have to be very careful with it, very gentle with it. The Manual for Ministers. Manual for Ministers. 1925. Published by the General Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist, Tacoma Park, Washington, D.C., 1925, the Manual for Ministers. I want you to take a look at something. I want you to look at how thin it is. Look how skinny this is. 31 pages. 31 pages. I had someone in early service go, man, you pastors got it easy. 31 pages long. And, and by the way, I'm going to open it up here. You can tell that it's not small print. It's actually pretty large print. Not too many, maybe two or three paragraphs per page. 1925. Unbelievable. The uh, eyesight assistance wasn't that good back then, I guess. And so they had to print it a little bigger. Can I take a commercial break here and read something to you? Oh, I'm sorry. I really like this. Going to commercial break. We're away from from the sermon on purpose. I want to read this to you. Secure good grapes. The heading recipe for unfermented wine. Secure good grapes. The small wine grape is preferable. Strip the grapes from the stem and stew them in an enameled saucepan till brought to a boiling heat. Strain through a coarse cloth. Then boil the juice for 15 minutes. Just before it boils, skim off all the scum that rises. When the boiling heat, pour into strong bottles, which have been thoroughly cleansed and kept warm, that they may receive the hot wine without breaking. Fill two within half an inch of the cork. 
and cork immediately with good solid corks. Do they even sell corks? I don't know. Anyways, it goes on to say, cut off the cork close to the bottle and seal with sealing wax. Then set away in a dark place and do not move the bottles about unnecessarily. In the minister's manual, (laughs) I got to tell you folks, as much as I would like to return to these days, you should find yourself lucky that I'm not in charge (laughs) of making the wine for communion. Find yourself fortunate that I'm not making the wine for communion. But interestingly, 31 pages, minister's manual. And I want to share with you today's minister's manual. 260 pages later, small print, 260 pages later. One of the reasons why we have a hard time letting our light shine is that we just complicate things way too much. We complicate things way too much. We study things. We analyze things. We go to seminars. We go to symposiums. We read books on how to, how to witness, how to, how to let our light shine. We complicate things way too much. Have you ever heard of the phrase paralysis by analysis? We analyze things way too much and it gets us to the point where we're paralyzed, where we don't do anything. And I think Nike stole it from us. I think God just sometimes stands up and says, just do it. Shine. We study, we read books, we prepare and prepare and prepare. We, we go to seminars, we go to symposiums, we go to retreats. We get together and we strategize and we plan and we want a one, two, three step process of how we're going to reach and how we're going to let our light shine. And, and pretty soon the, we just get too complicated and what ends up happening, we just ask too complicated, forget about it. We'll just leave it for the pastor or the next person and we just end up sitting in our pew coming week after week we complicate things way too much and God just says to us just shine just shine let your light shine before men I've worked in your life just take that take that and share that with someone just let your light shine We complicate things way, way too much when it's actually pretty simple. After all, an uneducated blind man who was blind all his life witnessed for Jesus. And what did he do? All he did was share what Jesus had done in his life. How did it happen? Now this man came and he healed me. Well, no, no. How did it happen? Did you not hear me? A man came and he put mud on my eyes and I rinsed and I washed and I'm, I can see. No, no, but how did it happen? I don't know how it happened. I'm just telling you what happened to me. We complicate things too much. Sometimes we need to keep it simple. 
And we just need to let our light shine. We just need to, to, to show and share what God has done in our lives. You know, there's another reason why sometimes it's hard for us to um, let our light shine. Sometimes we get, um, sometimes we get so um, worked up about what's going on. In other words, some of us are excited to, to move forward. Some of us really want to do something for the Lord. And yet we're faced with waves of criticism. And it discourages us. And we step back and we say, you know what? Forget about it. I'm not going to let my light shine. If it's that complicated, if I'm going to get um, that much criticism, forget about it. And I quote Evangelism, page 105, that there are some, I quote, there are some that do not grow with the work. Evangelism, page 105, there are some that do not grow with the work. Those who do not discern and adapt themselves to the increasing demands of the work should not stop the wheels by criticism. End quote. There are some that do not grow with the work. And if you do not discern and adapt yourselves to the increasing demands of the work, do not criticize someone else who's stepping out to let their light shine. Who is allowing their light to shine. There are several reasons why we don't let our light shine. We complicate things way too much when we really should just keep it very simple to let our light shine. Sometimes we get discouraged. We get discouraged because, you know, the criticism or, or, or this, that or the other. No. Don't criticize someone who is wanting to let their light shine. And if you're that individual that wants to let your light shine, you just go for it. You do it. You let your light shine. There is a joy that comes when we fall into the purpose of God. There is a joy, an unexplainable joy that comes when we fall into the will of God, when we fall into the purpose of God and allow our lives to shine to the world. I'd like to share with you what happened to me a couple weeks ago. I was at Creation Festival. Creation Fest for short. For those of you that don't know what Creation Festival is, it, is, it happens once a year in two locations, one, one in the West Coast and one on the East Coast. And Creation Festival is where they invite all of these Christian bands, Christian musicians to come and, and all we do for, for that time is just sing. They have concerts. They have a main stage where the more popular artists, the more popular bands sing. They even have a side stage called the Fringe Stage for all the upcoming Christian bands. For Give them an outlet to, to kind of um, put their music um, out for them to hear. And this goes on all day. It's basically a Christian Woodstock, really. Everyone's camping. 
Some have campers, some have tents, porta potties. The showers uh, could use a little improvement. 70,000 Christians come together. The banner on top of the stage says, Tribute to our Creator. A tribute to our Creator. 70,000 Christians worshiping our Creator. This is Christian Fest 08. And Heather and I had an opportunity to go there. We were just there for a couple of days. And uh, on Saturday, um, they had a guest speaker there. Saturday afternoon, had a powerful message. And in his message, he had a call. And the call was twofold. One, the call was for anyone struggling with suicide. Keep in mind that a lot of the folks that are there, 70,000 that are there, a lot of them are are young people, youth groups. And, uh, you know, churches from all around the, the East Coast take their youth. And so you have youth and counselors and, you know, some have their, their little ones there. Just a great time of fellowship. But he has this call for anyone struggling with suicide. And he says, if you're struggling with suicide, I'd like for you to make your way to the tent, to the prayer tent that's to stage left, your right. And all week there was a, a, a tent that was set up for the, for the purpose of prayer. It was a prayer tent. And then the second call that he gave was for anyone who had never given their life to Christ. To make their way to that tent. And so there I was sitting in this field on the side of a mountain. I hear the call and I start to see all of these young people making their way to the prayer tent. By the hundreds. Kids. Some adults making their way to the prayer tent. And then the pastor who was giving the message sees the number of people that are going to the prayer tent. And so he he gives this invitation. He says, if you are a pastor, will you please meet us in the prayer tent to help us lead these people to Christ and lead these people in prayer? So if you're a pastor, please make your way to the prayer tent. And I'm sitting there in my lawn chair Having just enjoyed a a great concert, a great message, I'm looking forward to, you know, the upcoming concert and uh, just sitting there. And I turned to Heather and I said, said, babe, said, do you think I should go? Heather says, well, it's up to you. I mean, if you want to go, you know. And I say to her, I said, no, 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 I'm I'm taking a break. That's why I'm here. Taking a break. This is for me. This is my time to, to refuel, you know, to get re-energized. This is my time. I, you know, I've been, I've been preaching week after week. This is my Sabbath to just rest and enjoy it for myself. And she goes, all right. What do you think? Do you you think I really should go? Do you think I I need to go? She goes, honey, it's up to you. If you want to go, go. No, I'm not going to go. This is for me. I'm, I'm here to enjoy, you know, this is for me. 
I'm fidgeting, my lawn chair. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit calling me to let my light shine. The third time. All right, I'll go. Hey, <laughs> she says, if, it, 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 if you want to go, go. All right, I'll go. So I put my pastor's badge on and I make my way through the sea of people. There were a ton of 70,000 people. All right. Have you been to RFK Stadium? I think that seats close to 80,000. So the picture, a stadium of people. And I'm making my way through the sea of people. And I get to the prayer tent. And I see someone there who's holding some packages. You can tell they were, um, you know, kind of like uh, Bible studies for, for new believers. And I say to him, I said, do, do you work here? And he says, yes. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. My name's Pastor Robert, and uh, I'm here to help. I said, put me to work. What do you want me to do? He introduces himself. He says, well, I'm, I'm Pastor Jeff. I said, just follow me. We'll find someone to pray with. And so we're making our way through this prayer tent that by this time is jam-packed with individuals. Some paired off in twos, some, you know, three, fours. They're already praying. And we're making our way through this prayer tent, through all these people. And I'm thinking to myself, well, everyone's already found someone. And so I'm making my way through this tent. And uh, we, we start making our way out of the tent. And I see this guy. And I think, well, maybe he's the one that I need to pray with. So I say to him, I say, are you looking for someone to pray with? And he says, kind of gives me a, a strange look. Like, that was an odd question kind of thing. And he says, no. And I said, all right. So I keep on walking. And by this time, I'm thinking, I'm in the clear. Right? <laughs> Haven't found anyone. I extended myself to someone. I'm good. I did my part. I was willing to let my light shine. <laughs> right? And as we're making our way out of the tent, I spot this girl who was obviously emotionally distressed. Tears were running down her cheek. And she was there with two other um, ladies. One um, maybe could have been her mom. I don't know. She was a little older. And then the, the other one you can tell was a friend of hers. So I come up to her and I say, are you looking for someone to pray with? And she nods her head, yes. And so I introduced myself. I said, you know, I'm Pastor Robert. And I said, this is uh, Pastor Jeff. I said, we would be more than willing to pray with you. So then I look at Jeff thinking that he's going to lead out. And he looks at me kind of not really knowing what to do or say. And so I turned back to her and I said, I said, well, I said, what's your name? And she tells me her name. Um, and then I, I, you know, get the other two individuals that were there. I get their names and I kind of have a little small chit chat just kind of to break the ice a little bit, you know, before just diving into prayer with her. And then I say to her, I said, I said, where are you from? And she said, Frederick. <laughs> Frederick, Maryland. 
Patrick Maryland. Seventy thousand people. And God leads me to that girl from Frederick, Maryland. Every one of us hears the Holy Spirit speaking to us to let our light shine. If we would only answer that call to let our light shine, you will find your purpose in life. I spent a good 20 minutes with her and the group praying. Had an awesome time in prayer. An incredible time in prayer. It was awesome. When she said Frederick Maryland, I knew to the core of my being that God had ordained that moment. I got to thinking about it later and I got to thinking, man, what if I had said no? A third time? What if I had said no a fourth time? What if the Holy Spirit would have stopped speaking to me? Would have given that blessing to somebody else? The Holy Spirit knew. And he he led me. He, He led me through that sea. Through that sea of people. So that our lives could meet. I gave her my contact information. Not too far from here. She's just down the street from here. Gave her my contact information. And I am so looking forward to the day that our paths cross again. Because I know that they will. Every one of us, throughout the day, you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. To let your light shine. And it might be at a grocery store. It might be at the bank with the bank teller. It might be at your work. It may be in your home. It may be here in the church. But if you answer the call to let your light shine, you will find your purpose. I got back to my lawn chair. And I was like, Heather, you're you're just not going to believe it. Mike and Tammy were there. I said, guys, you're just not going to believe this. What? Why? And I told them the story. It's just amazing what God can do through you when you allow yourself to answer the call and let your light shine. You will experience a joy. You will experience a peace that is beyond words. This is the same reason. Why? When Jesus was with the woman at the well and the disciples came to him and said, are you hungry? He said, no, I'm not hungry. I've eaten a food that you still don't even know about. I am full. I am. I'm satisfied. I have found my purpose. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose is to be a sought to the earth. It is to be the light unto the world. And when we answer the call to let our light shine, friends, we will find our purpose. Pray with me. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much 
that you first have shown your light to us through someone. And God, please, give us the courage and the strength to just step forward in faith and let our light shine before all men. Let our light shine before all men. Because as it says in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, which we were just reading, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We want to bring glory to you. Please give us the strength to let our light shine. Because in so doing, we will find our purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.